Welcome to the Diplomacy and Discourse podcast. I'm your host, MR. I'd like to express my sincere appreciation to each and every one of you for joining us on this episode. Your presence and support means the world to us, and we are deeply honored that you've chosen to invest your valuable time in listening to our conversations. Your feedback is invaluable in guiding us as we strive to enhance and tailor our content to better align with your preferences. We genuinely welcome your thoughts, insights, and suggestions as they play an instrumental role in shaping the course of our podcast. If you found our discussion engaging and informative, we kindly request your generosity in leaving a review on your preferred platform. These reviews not only serve as words of encouragement, but also assist in elevating our visibility, allowing us to reach a broader audience. You can also better reach us out through our email in the description below. Power of word of mouth cannot be understated, and we encourage you to share our podcast with your friends, family, and colleagues who may also find it enriching and thought-provoking. Your recommendations have the potential to significantly contribute to the growth of our podcast community. You can find us on various platforms as well as YouTube to make it even more convenient for you to access our content. Our commitment to you is unwavering. We pledge to deliver fresh episodes every Monday, packed with stimulating discussions and profound insights. Your unwavering support fuels our passion for creating meaningful content that resonates with you. Once again, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for being an integral part of our podcast journey. Your presence and active engagement truly make a significant difference. And we look forward to continuing this incredible journey together. Geopolitics is the analysis of the effects of geography on international politics and power dynamics. It looks at the physical and human geography of a region or state and how these components interact to shape the political landscape. It also examines the political, economic, social, and military impact of geography on global politics. With the advent of global politics, there is now a need for geoeconomics as well. Geoeconomics is a form of economic analysis that looks at the impact of geography on economic development in a region or nation. It looks at how physical geography, such as access to resources, transportation networks, and proximity to markets affect the economic performance of a region or nation. It is closely related to geopolitics, as both examine the relationship between geography and politics. However, geoeconomics also examines economics and the economic implications of geography. The study of financial assets and situations involving China, the United States, India, Brazil, and Russia are good examples of what geoeconomics is and how it contributes significantly to the global economy. As part of geopolitics, disproportionate economic means are used to increase capacities. For example, powerful countries like the United States can use their economic strength to influence international politics and maintain their hegemony. Geoeconomics also looks at the effects of international economic relationships such as trade agreements, investment opportunities, and regional economic integration. Finally, 
Geoeconomics examines the economic implications of resource scarcity, climate change, and technological advances. By understanding what geoeconomics is and how it works, nations can concentrate their political and monetary power across international borders. This can be used to gain a competitive advantage in the global market and can help countries better respond to global economic or geopolitical challenges. It's time for a little bit of history. After World War II, the United States became the dominant power in the world. It became the dominant power due to its strong economy, which was largely untouched by the war. It was brought back up after the Great Depression. This allowed the U.S. to take a leading role in the rebuilding of Europe and Japan, and to play a major role in the formation of post-war organizations such as the United Nations and the World Bank. During the Cold War, the United States had to maintain its power both militarily and ideologically in order to prevent the spread of communism. The U.S. used its dominant economic and military power to contain the spread of communism and keep it from gaining a foothold in the world. The U.S. also established strong ideological ties through the propagation of democratic values and capitalism, which were seen as a counter to communist ideology. This helped ensure that the U.S. remained the dominant global power during the Cold War. The Soviet Union fell due to economic, political, and ideological factors. The Soviet Union's economic system could not keep up with the West and eventually collapsed. Politically, the Soviet Union could not keep up with democratic reforms across the globe. Ideologically, communism was no longer seen as a viable form of government in the West and across the world. Its reputation was damaged by the Soviet Union's repressive policies. The countries, previously part of the Soviet Union, became independent states, and many embraced democracy and capitalism as alternative forms of government. Today, these countries are part of the global economy and are no longer under the rule or influence of communism. After the end of the Cold War and the fall of the Soviet Union, the United States continued to be the leading global superpower. However, the shift in ideology, democracy and capitalism, meant that countries could no longer rely solely on American military and economic might for securities. Instead, countries had to focus on developing their own economic and military capabilities and alliances. This shift in ideology also opened up new markets and opportunities for economic growth, as countries were now able to focus more on global trade and investment than on military prowess. Many countries were also able to take advantage of the new global economy and use it to their benefit, as they no longer had to rely on the U.S. for financial and military support. After World War II, the United States was involved in several major wars, including the Vietnam War, the Korean War, the Gulf War, and the Iraq War. These wars made it difficult for the United States to maintain a unified and logical foreign policy, as they had to consider the complex political and social dynamics in each of these regions. The Vietnam War resulted in millions of deaths and massive destruction. The Korean War resulted in the division of Korean Peninsula and the establishment of North and South Korea, which has led to ongoing tensions in the region. 
The Gulf War was a conflict between Iraq and several countries in the Persian Gulf region, and the war in Iraq saw the overthrow of Saddam Hussein's regime and led to years of instability and violence. All of these wars had a ripple effect in their respective regions as they caused political, social, and economic upheaval and also resulted in an increase in international terrorism. Since then, the U.S. has been trying to find a way to assert itself on the international stage without engaging in direct military conflict. This has led to a foreign policy that relies heavily on economic sanctions and diplomatic negotiations to achieve its objectives. The American geopolitical system is based heavily on military and security dimensions. There is a substantial amount of funding in the military and overseas alliances such as Israel and Saudi Arabia that are funded by taxpayers. This means that the U.S. has to rely on economic sanctions, diplomatic negotiations, and military and security assistance to maintain its influence in the Middle East. Additionally, the U.S. has to ensure that its allies in the region are able to keep their power and influence, as well as maintain good relations with other countries in the region. This is done in order to protect U.S. interests and ensure a stable environment in the region. It seems as though American diplomats still act on their foreign policy as if they were still in the Cold War. This is because they are accustomed to relying extensively on military and security measures to achieve their goals. Although the U.S. is separated by large seas, it is still connected to the rest of the world through international trade, diplomatic ties, and shared interests. The U.S. has to rely on these relationships to have influence and hegemony, as well as maintain good relations with other countries in other regions. However, China's geographic proximity to many countries in Asia and the Pacific gives it an advantage when it comes to regional influence. This allows China to take a more direct approach when it comes to foreign policy, as it has a more direct connection with the countries in the region. Conversely, the U.S. reliance on economic sanctions and diplomatic negotiations instead of direct military conflict has been largely successful in the past, as it has enabled the U.S. to achieve its foreign policies without resorting to military conflicts. However, as the world has become more interconnected and globalized, this approach has become increasingly ineffective and has resulted in a lack of progress in achieving its foreign policy goals. It is evident that global conflicts, whether prominent like Russia and Ukraine, Turkey and Syria, or Iran and Saudi Arabia, or lesser-known instances like possible tensions between countries so far away from each other like Madagascar and New Zealand or Kazakhstan and Chile, are deeply rooted in historical, cultural, and geographical factors. These elements, although sometimes obscured by contemporary events, play a pivotal role in shaping international relations. While conflicts among countries with no shared borders and substantial geographic distances between them, like those countries that are so far away from each other just mentioned, may seem improbable, they serve as poignant examples of how geographical dynamics influence global interactions. To delve deeper into the intricate world of geopolitics, consider exploring what is geopolitics and why does it matter? By Ronald J. Granieri, 
for comprehensive insights. A map serves as the initial reference point for geographical analysis, offering a visual representation of the world's physical boundaries. However, geopolitical studies go beyond just looking at a map, aiming not to oversimplify the complexities of our interconnected world, but to shed light on them. Understanding the historical and cultural foundations of geopolitics, often referred to as geopolitical science, is essential to grasp its evolution as a concept and a field of study. This knowledge also aids in contextualizing how geopolitic intersects with other approaches to comprehend international affairs. The United States is geographically isolated from other countries in South America, Europe, Asia, and Africa. This means that it has to rely on a different geopolitical system than other countries in those regions. Its geopolitical system is based on its relationships with other countries, its economic and military power, and its role in global politics. In order to maintain its own geopolitical system, the United States must continue to be involved in international affairs and build relationships with other countries. The American geopolitical system relies heavily on military and security dimensions. Since its brute strength is so staggering, American policymakers overlook lesser forms and measures such as geoeconomic tools that China, India, and Brazil use. Russia and China, which lack the military strength of the Americans, use sophisticated financial instruments such as ample wealth funds and state-owned cooperation to pursue geopolitical objectives, which is one of the reasons why China can do so well with their smart power influence on the continent of Africa and South America, as well as countries like Pakistan and Afghanistan and countries in Southeast Asia. Smart power is a combination of hard power and soft power, both of which are utilized to achieve foreign policy objectives. Hard power refers to the use of military and economic might to achieve foreign policy goals, while soft power relies on diplomacy, cultural influence, and public relations. China is using their smart power influence to pursue economic interests in Africa, South America, Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Southeast Asia. They have made investments in infrastructure projects, provided economic aid, and created cultural exchange programs. These moves have helped China to build relationships with these countries and increase their influence in the region. With more emphasis on China's rising powers, China has promoted economic interests to produce beneficial geopolitical results. This is done while minimizing armed conflict risk. The BRICS countries, B-R-I-C-S, consisting of Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, have formed a coalition to increase their geoeconomic influence across the world. They are using a combination of hard power, such as military and economic might, and soft power, such as diplomacy, cultural influence, and public relations, to pursue foreign policy objectives. They have invested in infrastructure projects, provided economic aid, and created cultural exchange programs in order to build relationships with other countries. These moves have allowed the BRICS countries to increase their influence and further their interests in other regions. 
The BRICS countries are also using other geopolitical strategies, such as investing in regional organizations, conducting joint military exercises, and creating free trade agreements. They have also formed a virtual economic alliance, which allows them to coordinate policy decisions and promote mutual developments. Additionally, they have provided support for each other in international organizations, such as the United Nations and the World Trade Organization. All of these strategies have allowed the BRICS countries to increase their influence and further their interests in other regions. The rapid emergence and evolution of global interdependence has led to the elimination of barriers and borders. The Middle East was no different, as violence and terrorism continued to spread up until recently. ISIS had been the center of attention in the Middle East from 2014 to 2017. However, the focus has shifted away from the extremist group and towards other issues, such as the Syrian refugee crisis and the rising tension between the US and Iran. Additionally, there has been an increased focus on public health and the coronavirus pandemic. In 2020, the Middle East experienced a surge in violence and terrorism as a result of global interdependence. Global interdependence has caused increased levels of trade, travel, and communication in the Middle East, which has allowed for the spread of ideologies, weapons, and extremist groups. The increased flow of people and goods has also resulted in a breakdown of traditional power structures, creating a power vacuum that extremist groups have been able to exploit. Additionally, the increased levels of communication have enabled extremists and terrorists to spread their messages and recruit new followers more easily than before. In 2021, Violence and terrorism had spread to more countries in the region, such as Iraq, Syria, and Yemen. The rise of social media has made it easier for people to access extremist groups' ideologies, and the speed at which they can become radicalized has also increased. The lack of a coordinated international responses has allowed terrorist groups to expand their reach and influence. In contrast, in 2022, there was a decrease in violence and terrorism as countries in the region began to focus on rebuilding and reconciliation. This was largely due to increased cooperation between countries as they began to work together to share resources and information in order to combat extremism and terrorism. The sharing of information such as intelligence and data allowed countries to identify potential threats and develop strategies to counter them. Additionally, increased dialogue between countries enable them to address underlying issues that are often at the root of terrorism and extremism. In 2023, the Middle East is beginning to see a slow but steady recovery as efforts to promote peace and stability in countries like Iraq, Syria, and Yemen have gained traction. The sharing of intelligence and data, as well as increased dialogue, helped to foster a better understanding of the motivations behind terrorism and extremism, and allow countries to develop strategies to counter them. This allowed for the implementation of policies that are helping to create a more stable and secure region, and these efforts are now starting to pay off. 
Back in 2019, Iran was the focus of increased scrutiny due to its involvement in the Syrian civil war. It also supported militant groups in the region and its involvement in the conflict in Yemen. Additionally, the United States withdrew from the Iran nuclear deal in 2018 and imposed further sanctions on Iran. This further increased tensions in the region and put a spotlight on Iran's activities. Additionally, in 2019, Iran shot down a U.S. drone, escalating tensions between the two countries even further. During this period, the country's growing influence was reinforced through its activities in Iraq and Syria. In Iraq, Shia militants were integrated into the army, giving Tehran a significant boost. In Syria, Iran supporters strengthened their forces and assets to prevent Israel from establishing a foothold. Iran also supplied weapons and technology to the Lebanese militant group Hezbollah. Throughout 2020, Iran had continued to back Shia militias in Iraq and provided military and financial support to the government of Bashar al-Assad in Syria. It has also continued to supply weapons and technology to Hezbollah. Additionally, Iran has strengthened ties with other countries in the region, such as Qatar, Oman, and Turkey. In 2020, Iran also reached a historic agreement with the United Arab Emirates, allowing for the construction of a new port in the Gulf of Oman. This agreement is seen as a sign of improving relations between the two countries and is expected to further open up economic opportunities for both countries. Iran's activities across the region in 2021 were multifaceted and included politics, foreign policy, and regional influence. Characterized by confrontations and tensions with the United States, as indicated by the Global Conflict Tracker, Iran's foreign policy had ripple effects on the region, significantly impacting the dynamics in the Middle East. Iran continued to exert its influence in the Middle East. Its involvement in conflicts and alliances across the region played a pivotal role in shaping regional geopolitics. Human rights concerns were not isolated, as Amnesty International documented issues with Iran drawing attention to the domestic and international challenges faced by the Iranian government. The World Bank's overview sheds light on Iran's economic situation and development efforts. It revealed how economic factors influenced Iran's foreign policy decisions and regional goals. These developments in Iran also could impact the wider Middle East, with discussions of a possible Saudi-Iran reconciliation. Such reconciliation efforts could have far-reaching implications for regional stability. So in summary, Iran's actions in 2021 encompassed a range of political, foreign policy, and regional activities shaping its role and influence in the Middle East and beyond. Throughout 2022, Iran was marked by a series of significant events and developments across various domains. In September 2022, protests erupted in Iran over the tragic death of Masha Amini, shedding light on ongoing domestic challenges and tensions. Human rights issues persisted, 
with concerns ranging from water resource mismanagement to pollution and reports of unlawful actions by security forces during the popular uprisings, as documented in the Human Rights Watch World Report 2022. The 2022 Iran protests also drew attention to women's rights and minorities, prompting discussions and responses both locally and internationally. Iran engaged in negotiations with the United States and other world powers throughout 2022 to revive the Iran nuclear deal. However, these talks faced challenges and did not yield a breakthrough. Iran's regional influence remains a topic of discussion, encompassing developments in the Iranian nuclear agreement, government formation in Iraq, a ceasefire in Yemen, and Gulf-Iran talks. The Iranian economy showed a moderate growth in the 2022-23, according to the World Bank. The Iranian economy showed a moderate growth in 2022, according to the World Bank, albeit a slower pace than previous years. Concerns about religious freedom persisted, as reports by the U.S. Department of State, while the Abdurrahman Boroman Center for Human Rights noted an increase in executions in 2022. Iran also experienced an unprecedented popular uprising against the Islamic Republic system. This was marked by security forces' use of force, including live ammunition and metal, as noted by Amnesty International. In summary, Iran's actions and challenges in 2022 encompassed a wide spectrum of domestic protests and human rights concerns to international negotiations and regional influence. This reflects its complex and multifaceted role in the Middle East and the world. So far in 2023, Iran found itself embroiled in various activities and facing international scrutiny political, military, and economic events that impacted Iran's stability and decision-making were closely monitored. The Biden administration criticized Iran for advancing its nuclear program and supporting Russia in the Ukraine conflict. The United States considers Iran's threat persistent and escalating, particularly in terms of security. Iran entered 2023 amid ongoing protests and challenging relations with Western countries, with a focus on consolidating its regional influence. Negotiation efforts were also in motion, with both the U.S. and Iran engaged in talks to de-escalate tensions in the region, including negotiations that were held in Oman. Concerns over Iran's nuclear activities remained significant. As the Council on Foreign Relations reported, UN inspectors found Iran enriching uranium to nearly weapons-grade levels in early 2023. That sparked international concerns. Diplomatic initiatives, notably facilitated by China, resulted in talks between Iran and Saudi Arabia, ultimately leading to the re-establishment of diplomatic ties. These developments underscore Iran's complex role in regional and international affairs, with an emphasis on nuclear activities, security challenges, and diplomatic endeavors. In 2019, Saudi Arabia was engaged in various activities and faced notable challenges across the region. The kingdom maintained a high level of cooperation with the United States and international partners in counterterrorism efforts, including the sharing of vital terrorist information. 
However, Saudi Arabia faced international scrutiny for its human rights practices, including limitations on political rights and civil liberties. Despite these challenges, Saudi Arabia's influence in the Middle East remained significant, owing to its strategic location and religious importance as the custodian of Islam's two holiest shrines in Mecca and Medina. The kingdom continued to play a central role in Islamic culture and history, attracting millions of Muslims to religious pilgrimage. Amidst criticism, Saudi Arabia announced significant reforms aimed at improving human rights conditions. However, challenges persisted, as noted by the Human Rights Watch and the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. The ongoing conflict in Yemen, causing severe civilian suffering, remains a major regional concern, as documented by the Council on Foreign Relations. Women's rights in Saudi Arabia were a significant issue, with efforts to address gender-based discrimination and restrictions on women's freedoms. International organizations like Amnesty International continued to monitor the state of human rights in Saudi Arabia and advocated for improvements. So in summary, Saudi Arabia's activities in 2019 encompassed counterterrorism cooperation, human rights reforms and concerns, regional influence, and its prominent role in Islamic culture and history. The crisis in Yemen and women's rights issues also featured prominently during this period. In 2020, Saudi Arabia was actively engaged in several significant activities across the region. The kingdom made important announcements regarding reforms aimed at improving human rights conditions. Nonetheless, Human Rights Watch still expressed concerns about repression and rights violations. Saudi Arabia's strategic importance in the Middle East remained pronounced due to its unique geographical location boasting coastlines along both the Red Sea and the Persian Gulf, and its revered role as the birthplace of Islam. The country grappled with the challenges of managing the COVID-19 pandemic and implemented measures to respond to the virus, with reported cases and deaths within its borders rising. Saudi Arabia also maintained its diplomatic relationships, exemplified by bilateral meetings with the United States, aimed at preserving commitments and procedures in various areas. The monarchy continued to undertake significant religious reforms, consolidating its vision for the country's future, a development noted by the Carnegie Endowments. Throughout the year, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, under King Salman bin Abdulaziz Al Saud, faced continued scrutiny for its human rights practices and governance, a topic monitored closely by the U.S. Department of State and Amnesty International. So in summary, 2022 saw Saudi Arabia navigating a range of reforms, managing the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, engaging in diplomatic efforts, and facing ongoing scrutiny of its human rights practices, all while maintaining its strategic importance in the region. In 2021, Saudi Arabia played an active role in several significant developments across the Middle East. The kingdom continued its efforts towards meaningful reforms, although concerns about human rights persisted, as highlighted in reports by Human Rights Watch for both 2021 and 2022. 
Saudi Arabia aimed to increase its diplomatic profile and assert itself as a higher player in the Middle East. It took a lead role in resolving regional conflicts, including successful efforts to heal the rift with Qatar. In a momentous development, Saudi Arabia agreed to restore diplomatic relations with Iran after years of hostility. This historic reconciliation was brokered with the assistance of China, marked by a pivotal movement in regional politics. Meanwhile, Saudi Arabia continued its religious reforms, reshaping its Islamic institutions as part of its vision for the country's future. Overall, Saudi Arabia's activities in 2021 reflected a blend of domestic reforms, regional diplomacy, and efforts to strengthen its position in the Middle East. The restoration of relations with Iran marked a significant milestone in the region's geopolitical landscape. In 2022, Saudi Arabia was actively engaged in a range of activities across the Middle East. Building upon earlier reforms announced in 2020 and 2021, Saudi Arabia continued its commitment to domestic changes, as reported by the Human Rights Watch in 2022. The kingdom also played a role in international diplomacy by signing the Artemis Accords, underscoring its dedication to peaceful space exploration and cooperation, as detailed by the U.S. Department of State. In the economic sphere, Saudi Arabia recorded a significant budget surplus in 2022, surpassing its own estimates, primarily due to higher oil prices, highlighting its economic influence in the region. Ambitious infrastructure projects such as the Line, a futuristic and sustainable city in the desert designed to run on renewable energy, showcased Saudi Arabia's commitment to innovation and development. The country's relations with Iran took center stage, with efforts to restore diplomatic relations signaling a potential shift in regional politics. Furthermore, Saudi Arabia continued to engage with global partners in the techno-scientific domain, exemplified by the Sino-Arab summit held in Riyadh in December 2022. These diverse activities underscored Saudi Arabia's multifaceted role in the Middle East, encompassing domestic reforms, economic stability, diplomatic endeavors, and regional influence during that year. In 2023, Saudi Arabia actively engaged in a range of activities across the Middle East, reflecting its efforts to expand its influence in the region. Diplomatically, Saudi Arabia has been working to raise its profile on the international stage, aiming to assert itself through mediation and diplomacy, possibly addressing regional conflicts and strengthening its regional role. Economically, the country experienced significant growth, emerging as the fastest-growing G20 economy in 2022, driven by robust oil production and diversification efforts, underscoring Saudi Arabia's economic influence in the Middle East. As noted by the International Monetary Fund, Saudi Arabia also hosted meetings involving leaders from across the Middle East, signaling its role in facilitating dialogue and cooperation among regional countries, which may have implications for regional dynamics. A significant diplomatic development this year was Saudi Arabia's agreement with Iran to restore diplomatic ties brokered by China. This historic move has the potential to reshape dynamics in the Middle East, and Saudi Arabia's role in the development is noteworthy. These activities this year 
underscored Saudi Arabia's commitment to enhancing its diplomatic, economic, and regional role in the Middle East with a particular focus on diplomacy and economic diversification. Studying geopolitics is crucial to understanding the actions and motivations of countries like Iran and Saudi Arabia in the Middle East. Geopolitics encompasses the interactions between geography, politics, and international relations. From 2019 to 2023, both Iran and Saudi Arabia utilized their geopolitical significance in the region to secure their interests. This led to conflicts, alliances, and proxy wars. Their rivalry over regional dominance significantly affected the Middle East's stability, including conflicts in Yemen and Lebanon, driven by geopolitical ambitions and sectarian divisions. A country's geopolitics profoundly influences this region. Iran aimed to extend its influence across the Middle East by supporting proxy forces in Iraq, Lebanon, and Syria, exploiting its geographical proximity to these countries. Conversely, Saudi Arabia's control over strategic maritime routes and its role as a major oil exporter shaped its regional importance. Geopolitics, with its focus on territorial and strategic interests, explains why these nations pursued specific policies and interventions in their respective regions. When understanding geopolitics, you have to understand the demographic significance. The vast area between Algeria and Kuwait, which includes the Persian Gulf region and Northeast Africa, does not experience much moisture from a climate perspective. This area is known as the Dry Belt and is characterized by dry and hot desert climates. The dry air and lack of moisture prevent the formation of clouds, leading to a lack of rain. Additionally, most cultures in this region live in narrow river valleys or oasis communities. These arid conditions make it difficult for vegetation to survive, leading to desert and barren lands. The prevalence of oasis and river valleys in these regions is due to the natural geography of the land, as these areas provide a source of water and fertile soil for plants. The coastal plain of many countries in the region, such as Libya, is only about 10 miles thick. This thin coastal plain means that any rain that does fall in the region quickly evaporates, making it an arid area. The oasis and river valleys, on the other hand, provide a source of water that is not easily evaporated, allowing them to support vegetation. Egypt, for instance, has no water on its coastal plain except for the Nile. This means that there are a lot of people living in a concentrated area, and this has a low carrying capacity. This is especially a problem in times of drought when the water tables drop and becomes depleted, leading to a lack of water for the people living in the area. This places a great strain on natural resources, such as food and water, and can lead to conflicts over access to these resources. The region was one of the last to enter the industrial era. This means that the region has had to rely heavily on natural resources to sustain its economic growth. This has resulted in severe environmental degradation and a decrease in the quality of life for local communities. As the region has become more industrialized, the demand for natural resources has increased, putting a strain on already limited resources. 
This has led to conflicts over access to these resources, as people compete for land and other resources. Until recently, this region was characterized by a pyramidal formation for its population density. After artificial fertilizers were introduced, the population density within this region increased significantly during the 1900s. As the population has grown, however, the pyramidal structure has been replaced by an annular formation, with more and more people living in the center and less and less living in rural areas. This has further strained the resources of the region, leading to further environmental degradation and a decrease in the quality of life for local communities. However, some areas in northern Algeria have a wider coastal plain, which allows for more effective agriculture. In Mesopotamia and the Nile Valley, which are still desert, there are still areas with irrigation features that can be traced back to ancient times. These irrigation features have allowed for agricultural development, which in turn has allowed for population growth and increased economic activity. When talking about industrial agriculture, the general point is that if you have an area with a certain concentration of population, that specific area will likely stop being a desert. This is possible because more people equals more demand for food, which leads to a greater need for agricultural production. With more production, more water is needed, and with more water, more vegetation can grow, which in turn can lead to more animals, insects, and other organisms. Therefore, it will become one of the last remaining areas in which industrialization still exists. This includes mechanized agriculture and artificial fertilizers. The population density in the Middle East and North Africa has not been able to match that of other regions such as East Asia and the Western world. This is due to its arid and semi-arid climates which makes it difficult to grow crops and livestock in a sustainable way. Additionally, the lack of infrastructure in the Middle East and North Africa make it difficult to transport resources efficiently and limit the potential for industrialization. Until recently, the population cap in the Middle East, North Africa, and even South Asia was not that high. However, due to the oil price, the region's population cap has changed. The high price of oil has caused governments in the region to become wealthier and able to provide more resources for the people, resulting in births and larger population. When oil became a part of the equation, the income potential of these regions, like Libya, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and Iran, increased significantly. These countries' economies expanded by an order of magnitude within a decade. This led to increased inequality in these countries, though, with the wealthy benefiting the most, widening the gap between the rich and the poor, and a decrease in social stability. Population growth in these regions has been attributed to the various properties that contributed to their growth, such as oil and cotton. These properties allow these countries to expand beyond their land's carrying capacity. It also generated a variety of population matrices due to the different types of food that they have been able to bring in. This has resulted in an increased demand for resources such as land, water, and energy. In this context, population matrices refer to the different types of population structures and dynamics created due to various sources of income and resources available in the Middle East, North Africa, and South Asia. 
These population matrices are a result of a different type of food imported into the region, resulting in an increased demand for resources and environmental degradation. This means that the countries that have experienced the most rapid population growth during the past few decades have maintained high birth rates. Due to the various factors that have contributed to the region's population growth, the pyramidal structure has expanded and became broader. This is likely due to a variety of factors, including the increased availability of healthcare, improved access to family planning services, and an increase in economic opportunities. Additionally, some countries have implemented policies that encourage families to have larger families, such as providing incentives for larger families or providing incentives to have children early. Also, one of these is the country's reliance on food subsidies, which can lead to an increase in people, but this also causes the population to become unstable. In countries such as Iraq, Egypt, Libya, and Algeria, the population has increased significantly over several decades. In some cases, food production has turned negative as countries switch to crops such as cotton and citrus. This is due to lack of access to arable land, lack of access to water, and climate change. In addition, these countries often lack the resources and infrastructure needed to support agricultural production. The countries in the Middle East and North Africa are some of the most vulnerable regions to any potential effects of globalization. This is because their economies rely heavily on the export of natural resources, such as oil, and their populations are often very young, meaning that they are more susceptible to the effects of economic instability. Additionally, their governments are not always adept at dealing with the consequences of globalization, which can further weaken their economies. If anything goes wrong, with these countries' abilities to export non-essential food products, a population crash will occur. This could have a devastating effect on the global economy, as these countries are often heavily dependent on the export of their products and services. Therefore, it is important to ensure that these countries are adequately supported and safeguarded from external shocks. There has been a significant increase in people in places like Libya, where food production has reportedly doubled since 1945. This increase has been driven by improved agricultural technologies and access to new sources of water, which has allowed for more productive crop production. However, this increase could be threatened by political instability, climate change, and other external shocks, which could lead to a decrease in food production and a decrease in these countries' exports. In Egypt, the population boom has led to the elimination of wheat from the country's food production, replacing it with citrus and cotton. This shift has caused the country to become heavily reliant on imports to meet its food needs, making it more reliant on external shocks, such as political instability or climate change, which could disrupt the flow of imports. Even if the government switched all its food production back to wheat, it would still leave a 50% shortage. This is compounded by the fact that the country's water resources are being depleted and agriculture is becoming increasingly unstable. As a result, Egypt is likely to face serious food shortages in the coming years, regardless of its food production options. As the effects of globalization begin to sink in, famine is expected to become even more severe. 
This is due to a lack of access to resources and technology, as well as poor management of land and water resources. Additionally, climate change is exacerbating the situation as droughts and floods are becoming more frequent and extreme. A pyramidal structure in which many people are under the age of 40 is indicative of a fast-growing population. This pyramidal structure puts a huge strain on resources though as the young population is competing for jobs and access to resources. Moreover, climate change is making matters worse as droughts and floods are leading to crop failures and displacements. In this type of situation, consumption will contribute to inflation and the lack of skilled workers will result in productivity being low. This could lead to a slowdown in economic growth as fewer people are able to contribute to the economy. Additionally, the strain on resources could lead to shortages, increased prices, and the potential for conflict. People in these regions have difficulty overcoming poverty due to lack of capital. This is because the state typically does not generate enough capital to support its various programs and infrastructure. This also means that many young people don't have a lot of interest in the system, considering that the vast majority of wealth is controlled by the ruling sheikhs and princes. This situation could lead to a political and social breakdown similar to what has happened in other countries throughout history. If the food crisis continues to affect the region, this could cause a civil breakdown. The lack of economic opportunities and the inadequate distribution of wealth to the region's citizens have already caused a widening gap between the rich and the poor. This inequality has led to a decreased investment in public services and infrastructure, which further exacerbates the economic crisis. This lack of investment could lead to political instability and social unrest, as citizens become increasingly frustrated. Therefore, the private sector is essential to create jobs, provide resources, and help citizens out of poverty. This will require collaboration between the private sector, the government, and local organizations. Even though humanity has developed, it can still experience unfortunate events. Governments and international organizations must work together to create resilient economies that can withstand future shocks. The private sector should play a key role in this effort, as it is the private sector that drives job creation and economic growth. Governments must create strategies to mitigate these risks, while the private sector must invest in innovative solutions to help protect citizens. Local organizations should be empowered to help those most in need. Technology can help us better understand and predict these risks. So we must also work together to create a culture of resilience, making sure everyone is prepared and informed when these events occur. Finally, governments, businesses, and individuals must collaborate to create a more secure future and citizens must take ownership of their own safety and be prepared to face the future. Middle East nations have a demographic patterns based on their tremendous wealth. Once people reach a certain level of income, they pay people to perform various tasks. This is based on the idea that the wealthy are able to afford to outsource these jobs rather than hire them directly. This allows them to maximize their profits by hiring someone to do the task at a lower price than if they hired someone directly. 
This has resulted in a mass migration of people from poorer countries hoping for a better life in the Middle East. This hasn't been the case though, as we will discuss later. But this has resulted in the demographic patterns of the Middle East rapidly changing with more people coming from poorer countries and fewer from wealthier countries. Because this pyramidal structure became further amplified due to a significant amount of oil and natural gas income, the ultra-rich would hire those expats who came to the region from poorer countries for that better life and be used to build roads and bridges as well as raise their kids. This created a large gap between the ultra-rich and the lower class, leading to poverty and inequality in the region. This can cause unrest among the lower classes and lead to further political instability in the region. In countries like Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and the UAE, there is a huge bulge of foreign workers who are mainly men between the ages of 15 and 40. These foreign workers are often exploited and underpaid, creating further economic inequality and instability in those regions. This can have far-reaching consequences with the potential to weaken the economy and lead to political instability. They are essentially slave labor. In, in some cases, the majority of the population in these countries is composed of those expat workers. The geopolitical situation in the Middle East is such that even though some political actors don't like Iran or Iraq, they still see these countries such as Saudi Arabia, the UAE, and Qatar, as potential allies in the future. This is due to their shared interest in the region, such as defeating ISIS and containing Iran. Additionally, these countries have a great deal of economic and military influence in the region, making them valuable allies. These countries have been identified as potential partners by the US and Israel. However, forming alliances with countries that are essentially modern slave states should be checked before getting into foreign deals that would benefit both parties involved and the region. Predicting 2024 and the years after is complex, but the dynamics may depend on evolving global circumstances, including economic challenges, energy transitions, and international alliances. The recent Saudi-Iranian diplomatic breakthrough may lead to further regional stability, but tensions can resurface quickly. Geopolitics will continue to play a crucial role in shaping the Middle East's future. Understanding these dynamics remains essential for anticipating regional developments and conflicts. Looking ahead, there is a growing global competition for new energy resources and minerals, driven by increasing demand and resource scarcity. This could lead to geopolitical conflicts, especially in resource-rich regions like the Middle East. Green energy as a more sustainable alternative is indeed emerging as a new aspect of geopolitics, with nations seeking to secure access to renewable energy sources and technologies to reduce dependence on fossil fuels. As the world transitions to green energy, geopolitical strategies will likely evolve.